Friday, August 12th, 2016 here on the Patriots Beat Podcast, episode number 134 as we kick off the 2016-2017 NFL season with the Patriots' first preseason win over the Saints, 34-22. to We'll be going over some of the bigger performers from the game as well as the aftermath of Malcolm Mitchell's injury and how that affects the Patriots' wide receiver depth chart. We also welcome in CLNS Radio's own Michael Longi as he gives some of his news and notes from the game. Here we go. This is Larry H. Russell speaking on behalf of the network, thanking you once again for downloading the Patriots Beat Podcast here on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage for New England professional sports. Download the free CLNS Radio mobile app for your iPhone or Android for immediate and convenient access to all the content available on the CLNS Radio YouTube channel, podcasting network, and clnsradio.com. Now, on to another edition of Patriots Beat. Take it away, Harris. Thanks, Larry. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Patriots Beat. I am your host, Harris Rubicine. It is episode number 134 of Patriots Beat on CLNS Radio. Find us on clnsradio.com, excuse me, on Twitter at, CL, at CLNS Radio, and support us on Facebook at facebook.com slash CLNS fans. Ladies and gentlemen, if I sound excited, it's because I am excited. I love me some baseball, I love basketball, and I love hockey, but boy, oh boy, Am I excited for this football season? And preseason or not, football is in the air. Just, just, just take a second. Just, just breathe it in. Just smell it. Football is back. We had some nice preseason football for us. Last Thursday was a very good game for the Patriots. Pulled out the win, 34-22. to Preseason games are my favorite because whenever you win, they're always good to win. And if you lose them, you just say, oh, well, it's preseason. But, hey. It's always good to win any football game that the Patriots get themselves into. And to be totally honest, they played pretty well. We had two offensive touchdowns, two defensive touchdowns, and two field goals. A couple of uh, two-point conversions. So the team overall played pretty well. We'll be going over some of the bigger performers from the game, as well as bringing on Michael Longi, who's going to uh, kind of break down what he thought of the game. He's, our, uh, he's one of the leaders of our Patriots crew here at CLNS Radio. So to really get right in it, let's kind of go over some of the biggest stars from this game. And I think it was pretty apparent from the beginning that, you know, th- this Patriots defense, like I continuously keep saying and will continue to say throughout the, this year is really, really good. This Patriots defense might be the best in the AFC and top five in the NFL. I really think that we're going to see this Patriots defense win them a lot of games this year. I mean, Jamie Collins tonight with the pick six, uh, 46-yard touchdown. Then he had Trey Flowers, my guy, uh, with the sack strip. And I believe they have, oh, yeah, um, I, f- I forget how to say his name. Claudio Lever or something had a sick one-handed uh, back shoulder interception uh, when they try to uh, hit a touchdown on him in the red zone. So overall, really, really good performance from the defense. So I guess we'll just start there and look over some of the big performers. I was incredibly impressed with the defensive line. I think that, you know, in the beginning of the game, they really didn't get off to a pretty good start. I think that first drive, Drew Brees kind of had their way with them. But, I mean, hey, it's your first game action going against Brandon Cooks and Drew Brees. You're going to hit a few bumps on the road. But after the first quarter, the Patriots really settled down as a team. And, man, did that did that defense explode. They really just, you know, took control of the game. I mean, Jamie Collins with that pick six was fantastic. Uh, Trey Flowers 
was getting penetration the entire game. Jabal Sheard could not be blocked. He looked like he was in midseason form. Malcolm Brown made a couple of nice plays in the middle. Dante Hightower was a usual tone setter. So overall, a really good first uh, first addition for the uh, Patriots. I think you know the, one of the big concerns was that their secondary was getting ripped apart in the first half, but. I think that's a very, you know, reasonable thing. I mean, they go from facing Jimmy Garoppolo in practice and a bunch of B-team receivers to playing Drew Brees, Brandon Cooks, and just, you know, they call them a little off guard, but they, you know, they really settled, settled down, excuse me. Uh, Jonathan Jones ended up making some really nice plays on the ball. Uh, Cyrus Jones looked okay when he was in there. Um, Levera looked really good when he was in there. So this secondary is really deep, like we keep mentioning. So I think that this game, this uh, preseason game, really proved that fact that they just they can just go down the line and just keep throwing talented corners out there to cause problems on the defensive side of the ball. But overall, my my player of the game on defense is Trey Flowers. I mean, th- this is a guy who, as of right now, was probably your week one starter at defensive end opposite Jabal Sheard with that unfortunate injury to Rob Nikovich. That'll probably keep him out. Till week six, maybe the middle of November, or excuse me, middle of October is when the next time we'll see Nikovic. I would not be surprised if he's put on the uh, IR designated to return list. But um, no, the Trey Flowers looked really good. A lot of penetration all across the offensive line. Had that really nice strip sack and picked it up for a touchdown. Incredibly athletic play by him. This is a guy. This is my guy this year, people. He. This is a guy who I really think. Is going to take is going to break out in a really big way this year. He's a player who I think in the at the end of the day, last year was kind of a red shirt year for him, and I think it was so good for him. And a lot you can tell this year that he's he's very toned. He's he's very muscular. He looks very good, much better than he did uh, at the beginning of last year. He's changed numbers. He just looks ready to go, and I think that he's well formed to be a really good force as an NFL player this year. I think he has a a defensive end core that has been really good at teaching him the ropes. Chris Long coming in, Jabal Shear being a very similar style of player to him, Rob Ninkovich being around for going on 12 seasons. So it, it's just good that he's been surrounded by so much talent. I really think it's starting to show for Trey Flowers. Uh, after Trey Flowers, I think the next guy that needs to be pointed out is Jamie Collins. So here we go. First, first hot take of the season for Harris Rubenstein. Jamie Collins will win defensive player of the year if he stays healthy so Jamie Collins is just one of those guys who he's just so unbelievably athletic that no matter where you put him on the football field he is going to make an instant impact and I think we saw that tonight you know incredible read on that ball incredible instincts picks it off and then shows off his ball skills and takes it all the way home I mean this what what else needs to be said about Jamie Collins at this point I think it was Jeff Howe of uh, the Herald who who put a couple articles out uh, saying that Jamie Collins, if he didn't get hurt and or not hurt, if he didn't get that illness and that really just took the wind out of his sails last season, if he didn't get that sickness, he was probably on his way to being a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year. But, you know, con- like, again, contract season, we know my feelings on those guys. Contract season, fully healthy, this Jamie Collins could end up being the best linebacker in football, if not second or third best linebacker in football behind maybe Luke Keekley and one or two other guys. I think Jamie Collins is, is about to take the next step into NFL superstardom. And if this, if this game showed me anything besides the talent that the Patriots have on defense is that it is without a question. There is, 
no question that both Jamie Collins and Dante Hightower are ever going to play for another team in their lives. No way. They are going to bring both of those guys back. They're going to sign both of those guys. I think we all need to kind of take a big, deep breath and just go, ah, and just recognize that we have these two incredible, I say we, excuse me, the Patriots have these two incredible uh, players on their defense who are really going to lead them to a lot of success this season on that side of the ball. So I gave you a defensive, uh, defensive lineman, a linebacker, um, I'm going to give my performer of the game in the secondary to Jonathan Jones. Uh, he got a little banged up towards the end of the game. Definitely will be something to monitor throughout these uh, next couple of weeks. But, I mean, man, when he was on the field, he, he looked good. I mean, he had the correct size. He had the correct speed. I mean, he made a couple really, really nice pass breakups. So all the power to Jonathan Jones. I think he does have a really good shot of making this team. So we'll see what, uh, what happens with him. But all in all, very good performance from the Patriots defense. I think that we'll continue to see them improve and improve as time goes on. I, I, I just think that it's going to be really hard to score points on this defense when they're on their day. So, you know, all in all, good performance by the defense. But let's move to the offensive side of the ball. Because I think we all knew that the defense was going to end up being really, really good. I... uh I, I'm a little iffy on the offense. You know, I think they started off really slowly. Garoppolo started off pretty slowly, um, as did the offensive line. But, you know, once the first half or once the first quarter kind of ended, Garoppolo got into a nice groove. Him and Malcolm Mitchell, uh, started to show some really nice chemistry. Martellus Bennett looked really good. Um, the offensive line looked okay. Nate Solder looked like a, he, he looked, let's be totally honest, guys. He looked like a guy who hasn't played football or hasn't played real time football in about a year which is pretty much what you should expect from him at this point. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by the interior line. I was really impressed by Joe Tooney in his first ever NFL game. I thought he showed a lot of promise in his game. Um, I think David Andrews also looked really good in this game. I think the offensive line will prove to solidify itself as the season goes on. It, it really remains to be seen how exactly the, this offensive line is going to work out. But for the most part, you can, you can really see the talent there. I mean, they had a couple of uh, big runs in this game. You know, James White had a big run. Gaffney had a big run. Blunt had a couple big runs. Like, so the, the, it seems that this offensive line is really starting to make some really nice cohesion. And I think more and more as we get into this season, we will start to see that cohesion. But moving on to what we saw from Jimmy Garoppolo, because I think that's the biggest kind of key from this game. From him, I saw a guy who looked, who started off the game with a lot of pressure on his shoulders. I think he really felt the pressure, and it took him a while to settle in. But once he settled in, or settled in, excuse me, we saw a lot of the same Jimmy Garoppolo that we know uh, that we know of. You know, we saw the quick release, we saw the good decision making, but again, we saw a lot of the same mistakes, uh, lack of a good pocket awareness. We saw him have a a almost a fear of stepping up in the pocket. Um, he showed off good athleticism when getting away from some sacks, but I really think that, you know, it's going to be something to monitor this preseason, how his pocket awareness moves, uh, improves. And I just think that comes from game time. I mean, this is a guy who hasn't really played full-time, who hasn't played full-time football going on three seasons now. And I think when you just don't have that kind of consistency to it, you don't really have anything to to build off of, which is why these rookie quarterbacks that get drafted in the first round, they always look better than the guys who are at the gross, simply because they're just going from starting to starting to starting that Jimmy Garoppolo, unfortunately, does not have, <coughs> excuse me, the luxury of having. But I think overall, he made some really nice passes. Um, I, man, 
what what a shame with Malcolm Mitchell. I'm recording this right after the game. Um, by the way, what you guys should do, uh, plug this right now. Um, please go and listen to the Pats post game show. It's going to be on every single uh, time the Pats game is ending, hosted by um, the two mics. They're really good. Uh, the you know I'm a big fan of them. They used to host this podcast, but they put them on the post game show to kind of spread out the talent a little bit. But no, go listen to them. Their post game, they they bring up a lot of really good points, and I think they're definitely a uh, a podcast you should all take a time to listen to. But moving on from their show, just to kind of get back into the Patriots players more or less. So Grapple looked good, offensive line looked good, but man, what a, what a shame for Malcolm Mitchell. I mean, just. You know, so many injury problems in college, but just so you can just see the talent. It's there. He just breathes so much natural talent at the wide receiver position. And I really do think that once he kind of stabilizes his health, he's really going to end up being just a, a quality class player for the Patriots. I mean, Emmy Garoppolo made, had some really good chemistry out there. And when he went down with that injury, I, I just let, let out an audible, just, oh, come on. Like, he just looks so good, and it's a real shame that we're not going to be able to see him full tilt for the next couple of weeks. He had been improving a lot in training camp that he really belonged on this team. He had been showing that he was ready to take the next step as a wide receiver. And, you know, who knows? You know, I'm recording this on the Thursday after the game, like I said. Hopefully, we get some news that this injury isn't totally serious. To me, at least, it didn't look like he actually broke anything. I know the video of the and the pictures of the injury is pretty gruesome, but to me, and I know this is saying it was just this, but it, it literally looked like it was just a dislocated elbow, which isn't the worst thing. I mean, Matt Slater had it, I think, I want to say in 2009 when he got injured. He was out till about week three against Atlanta, if, if my memory serves me correctly, or whatever year that was. So, you know, it wasn't, it, it's, a, it's a bad injury, and it'll probably keep him out for at least the rest of training camp, which is a real shame because him and Garoppolo were forming, a nice chemistry, were forming some nice chemistry. But all in all, I think Malcolm, Malcolm Mitchell showed a lot of promise, but the person who this really opens the door for, th- th- this is Aaron Dobson's do-or-die time. I mean, he, he played a lot of, he played a lot of snaps. He played every single quarter of this game, made a couple nice catches on the sidelines, made a couple of nice route runs. I mean, Aaron Dobson, from a wide receiver standpoint, he's a pretty good player. He's got okay hands. I, I say okay, he had incredible hands in college, but in the NFL it just hasn't translated as much. But, you know, he's a good route runner, he's good footwork, but he could just never stay healthy. And when he was healthy, he could just never really break through that kind of that wall that a lot of young players need to break through. But, you know, this is his chance. I mean, if Aaron Dobson really wants if, – if, if Aaron Dobson's going to make this team, the time is now. It's really going to, going to come down to him versus Nate Washington. And to be, totally ha- to be totally honest, I haven't really heard anything positive involving Nate Washington. I, I, his signing was really, con- like, strange to me. It really just kind of seemed like a veteran signing to push the young guys a little bit and to just bring – a more experienced outside receiver voice into that locker room. Because I love Edelman, and I love Amendola, but neither of them are ex-receivers. You know, Edelman is kind of in a, a breed of his own when it comes to wide receivers, and uh, Amendola is about as close to a slot receiver as you're going to find in the NFL today. So I think we're, we see a wide receiver core that just constantly is proving how deep it is, but at the same time with how deep it is, it isn't overtly talented. I think that Malcolm Mitchell going down really decreases the talent level on this wide receiver core. 
So we'll, but again, you know, tonight was a night where there was no Edelman, there was no Amendola, there was no Chris Hogan. So, you know, it's really hard to tell what we have from wide receiver position without those three guys because, you know, they're the top three receivers on the football team. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens with the wide receiver position as we go on. The people I really want to talk about are the running backs. Just, you know, color me shocked, man. I mean, the running backs – Looked really good. Straight up. LeGarrette Blunt had a couple nice runs. He was hitting the holes really well. James White uncorked that ridiculously wrong, long run. If you're looking for another guy on the Patriots offense who really needs a breakout season, it's James White. And I think he has all the athleticism in the world. I think he's a great pass catcher. He was drafted to be Shane Vereen's replacement. And, you know, as, as great of a player as Deion Lewis was last season, and I'm not saying that we don't want him on the team, but Deion Lewis really did hurt James White's development a lot. Because if there's no Deion Lewis the first eight games of the season or however long it was he was playing, all of those snaps go to James White. All of them. Every single one. All those pass, all those pass completions, the yards, the touchdowns. Sure, maybe it'll be less because James White I don't think is as good as Deion Lewis is. But all of those snaps go to James White. And I think it really hurt the Patriots down the stretch that they didn't involve James White early in the season more because by the time it came that they needed him, he was still warming up. And we saw that the last couple of games of the year that when they used him, he finally started to get the ball rolling. But he just he just didn't have enough time because he, he was only a second-year player. So this is a year for him that's, that's quite pivotal as an NFL player. You know, Deion Lewis at this point is very clear. He's not going to start the season um, healthy. I, I think it was a lot to expect of a running back to come back from a second ACL tear completely healthy in under a year. Uh, I think he'll probably be put on the IR designated to return list. I don't know if you can only put one guy on that. I don't really have the rules in front of me, but I think this is James White's time to shine. I think he proved in the game tonight that, you know, practice and whatnot, he may not look too good, but you put the pads on and you throw this guy on a football field and he's going to perform. He's got great hands. He can hit the hole really well. I think James White is going to have a really good season if he's actually given the necessary opportunities to do so. We'll see with him. He's an interesting case. But, you know, Laguerre, but, you know the, the other thing with James White is that the, the rest of the running back core of the Patriots it isn't, what, isn't very talented. I mean, Laguerre Blunt's Laguerre Blunt. You know what you're going to get for him at this point. This is probably his last season playing big-time football, at least on the Patriots. So you have to wonder who's going to take over the mantle of top dog. And, you know, hopefully it's James White. I kind of doubt it. He doesn't really have the body structure to do so. But anyway, moving on from James White. Spend too much time on him. LeGarrette Blunt looked really good tonight. Um, made a couple of, uh, excuse me, uh, made a couple of nice runs. Uh, clearly a guy fighting for uh, a roster spot. He played a lot of snaps tonight. So clearly it's not a given that he's going to get a roster spot. But I think it's good that they're making him actually, you know, work for it. Because LeGarrette Blunt has in the past um, have rumors of work ethic issues and blah, 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 whatever. Um, we haven't really had those problems on the Patriots. But LeGarrette Blunt has uh, performed pretty well tonight. We'll continue to see how he grows throughout the season, how he fits into this offense. He's not a short yardage back. He's not. Stop trying to make him one. Like I, the, my favorite stat ever is just you. You there's this humongous chart of running backs who are good in short yardage situations, 
and he was like 130 out of 132 or some ridiculous number like that. He's just he just can't do it. It's just not his style. He he's he's a big dude. He just he is no initial acceleration. He zero to sixty in three point five is not how he rolls. He's more of zero to sixty in about ten and a half. But once he gets to that sixty, you can't really stop him. He's like a Mack truck. So it's just the style of running back he is. I think I think Legarrette Blunt, if he makes this team, is going to be a pivotal part of their success on offense. But the other guy, he he lives, people. Uh, Tyler Gaffney, I was about to say Jabbar Gaffney. Oh, my goodness. Tyler Gaffney lives. Oh, so nice to see him actually on a football field. I remember watching him at Stanford a couple of years ago. That kid with the ball in his hands is absolutely electric. That he is... You know, that, that touchdown he had tonight was, uh, I say tonight, once again, recording this on a Thursday if you've forgotten. But that touchdown that he had, just, you know, he hit the hole really hard. He accelerated well through, uh, through the space, and he finished off the run nicely with a nice, with a, uh, a nice counter uh, cutback run. I mean, there's nothing stopping uh, Tyler Gaffney. I almost said Jabbar Gaffney again. Oh, my goodness. Throwback to 2008. No, I just, I just... I think that he is a player who we don't really talk much about because he hasn't played the last two seasons. But there is a very, very big reason why the Patriots have kept him on the roster for the past two seasons. They are clearly very interested in what he can bring to the table as both a running back and a pass catcher. I, I don't, don't count this guy out. The, the running back position on this team is very, very weak. You have, you know, let's say they keep four running backs on the roster saying that Deion Lewis starts on the pup list. So Deion, so James White, one. LeGarrette Blunt two. D- Donald Brown? I, I did, like, DJ Foster, maybe? Like, Tyler Gaffney has a very good chance of making this team if he continues to perform. I think Donald Brown was a crap signing from the beginning. I, no offense to Donald Brown. Absolute veteran, great guy, he's been a great player. But unfortunately, I'd rather have Tyler Gaffney on my football team. I'd rather have the youth. I'd rather have the potential. And to be totally honest, him and DJ Foster form a really nice thunder and lightning combination with DJ Foster being a quick little scat back out of the back and Tyler Gaffney being more of an all-around complete runner. I think those two guys are really, besides James White, the real future of the running back position for the Patriots. I know it's a lot to put on DJ Foster, an undrafted free agent. But let me make this very clear. This Patriots undrafted free agent class, as I said last uh, last episode, is absolutely astounding how talented it is. Jonathan Jones, this LeVere kid, DJ Foster, they got an uh, offensive lineman or two on there. Like, they're very talented, very impressive. Good for uh, good job by uh, Casario and Belichick hunting down those guys, uh, especially positions of need like running back and corner. So I think Tyler Gaffney looked really good. That 44-yard touchdown run was really a, a kind of, you know, a present wrap into, uh, excuse me, a wrapped present as to the things he can bring to a football field. And also, please don't come at me on Twitter talking about, oh, it's just preseason, blah, blah, blah. Look, guys, this is all we have to go off of. These are these players who are performing in preseason, this is their time. I mean, a lot of these guys, this is going to be some of their last shots to make an NFL roster. So they need to make it count. So whenever someone tells me that, oh, it doesn't matter, it doesn't count, it does matter. This is where you 
formulate your football team. This is where you realize the competition that you're going to have at certain positions. This is where you realize who are you going to be your studs, who are going to be your duds, who are your winners, and who are your losers. This is a big period for this football team, especially as they sort out what is going to be one of the most talented rosters in football. This is going to be, you know, like we've seen with the Seahawks the past couple of years, that they thrived off of their depth. And I think the Patriots have adapted so well, and that's the way you need to win in the modern NFL is just have so much depth. So we're going to see a Patriots team that as they, can, as they start to cut players, they're, you're, all these guys are going to get picked up at some point. I mean, just if you're an NFL football, if you're an NFL franchise and you're looking for players, there's no reason to not look at the Patriots when you're hunting for players. So all in all, I think it was a very good first performance for the Patriots uh, team. I think there are obviously areas to to improve. It is only the first preseason game, so obviously they still have a lot of time left. But my winners for the night, I'll just go through them one more time. Trey Flowers on the D-line, Jamie Collins at linebacker, and Jonathan Jones in the secondary on offense. Let's go with Joe Tooney on the offensive line. I, I think Garoppolo played played as well as, you're, as he could have with the snaps that he was given and the receivers he had. Unfortunately, I, I, ha- I want to give the uh, wide receiver star to Malcolm Mitchell. It's such an unfortunate injury to such a talented player. We'll see if he can come back to that full strength. And then the running back position, I think you got to give it to James White. I mean, that run that he had just blew me away. I was very surprised. But uh, what am I missing? Oh, crap, of course. Um, tight end. A.J. Derby, man. I mean, wow. I, he made a couple really nice catches over the middle. He made a couple of really nice blocks. This is a guy fighting for a for a roster spot. They just, you know, obviously, obviously Bennett and Gronkowski are going to make the roster. But... You know, if you're only going to keep three tight ends on the roster, it's going to come down to Clay Harbor versus AJ versus AJ Derby. And Clay Harbor's a good player. He brings a, a good amount of experience to the table, a good amount of versatility. More of an Aaron Hernandez type of player than a Martellus Bennett. But, man, AJ Derby played really well tonight. Uh, him and Jacoby Brissett hooked up for a couple nice plays. He, uh, he was a really big piece on uh, a couple of nice Gaffney runs towards the end of the game. Really grinded out a couple of nice snaps. I think he's definitely someone to watch for the rest of training camp. So, very impressed by uh, by A.J. Derby. Uh, whether or not he actually makes his team remains to be seen. But uh, good on him for uh, showing a little bit of fight and trying to make this team with a lot of odds stacked against him. But uh, before we bring on uh, Mike Alonji, I'd like to announce that this interview is brought to you by Blue Apron. Blue Apron, excuse me. Get fun to cook meals for and with your family and friends by ordering healthy and delicious ingredients from from Blue Apron that's delivered straight to your doorstep. I actually use this service to go away from the pitch. Uh, I actually use this service because it's with CLNS Radio a couple of weeks ago because I was running out of money being the broke college student I am. I was actually pretty impressed. I ended up making one of those fun little Facebook meal things that you see on the videos. And it actually came out pretty good. So as a loyal supporter of CLNS Radio, we're offering your first two meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Beat. That's blueapron.com slash Beat. Without further ado, let's bring on Michael Longi to see what his news and notes are from this preseason game. So to get right into things, I know you're pretty sleepy at this point. But, uh, you know, Pats played pretty well in their first preseason game. But I want to hear from you. Who are your biggest performers from this game? I gave a, uh, excuse me, I gave a couple of mine 
on the first half of the podcast. Who do you, who are your biggest performers? Well, guys for me that really stood out. I mean, uh, Jamie Collins obviously, he, you know, made the pick six, a great awareness to to grab the tip ball and things like that. He made a big play in the backfield on a running play. Kind of just really showed his versatility tonight. I really liked what I saw from him. Uh, we were talking on the post game show earlier today tonight, and we were saying that. You know, a couple of the guys said that he, he could potentially be a defensive player of the year candidate down the road. He's, he's, he just has such a, a huge tool set. So, I mean, I really like what I saw from him. I liked what I saw from Malcolm Mitchell before the injury. I mean, four catches, 55 yards. Yeah, poor um, I was, I was, I was struck by how he looks physically out on the field. He just looks like he belongs out there. He's a big guy. He runs routes well. Looks like he can catch the ball really well. So I was really impressed with him. And then uh, uh, Tyler Gaffney, who was the guy that I was looking at coming into tonight, you know, he had the big 44-yard run. Uh, he finished with uh, nine rushes for 64 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, those are kind of the guys that stood out to me. Obviously, it's the first preseason game, so you can't take too much stock in the, the, these things. But, you know, I really like what I saw from those three guys tonight. Yeah, I mean, I had Jamie Collins, one of my hot takes, this year is I think Jamie Collins is going to win Defensive Player of the Year if he can stay healthy and stay away from whatever illness he got last year. I mean, he was so good up until he lost all of his momentum. He lost like 30 pounds with that awful illness. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I thought last year he was, he was well on his way to being a Defensive Player of the Year candidate for sure last season. So I'm, I'm with you right there, definitely, absolutely. So is there anyone that you were watching that kind of disappointed you? I wasn't able to catch the entire first half. I know the first quarter was just it was not great. I mean, Garoppolo in his post-game comments was talking about how it was a really interesting experience for him to start off slow and be able to reclaim uh, what they had been doing at training camp. And really, he, he turned it on really well in the second quarter. I think that his last 11 passes, he ended up completing about eight of them. So was there anyone that like kind of disappointed you? Well, I don't know if I want to go as far as say disappointed, but I wasn't too enthused with Jimmy Garoppolo today, to be honest with you. I mean, he, he, well, I thought, you know, he, he did recover well. I will give him that. He did come back in the second quarter. I believe he was eight for 10 or something like that at one stretch and, you know, throw it for over 100 yards. He, he, he had, a, he has decent numbers looking like he didn't turn the ball over. So it's that, you know, that's good to see. Looking at it right now, it's, you know, 11 for 18, 168 yards. So, you know, nothing too impressive. Didn't turn the ball over, didn't throw any touchdown passes, but, you know, there were a couple things that I saw. You know, he did show good escapability, but he also threw the ball across his body a couple of times, made a couple questionable decisions. It looked like he had, you know, some jittery feet at a couple of points, and that could just be nerves. That could just be, you know, your first preseason start. It's all kind of hitting him now that he's going to be the guy going forward. So, you know, it could have been a couple of those things, but I wasn't I, – I don't want to say disappointed. I don't want to be, you know, misconstrued as saying, you know, he was terrible tonight or anything like that, but I wasn't – uh, as you know, I didn't see as much from him as I would have liked. I guess I could put it that way. <laughs> One thing I, I noticed with him is that it, it really just seemed to me that he kind of came in and was like, oh, boy, here we go, Tom Brady's back up starting the season. And it, I think the pressure kind of got to him a little bit, preseason game or not. But it was very clear, like, once he settled down, we kind of saw the usual things we see from Jimmy Garoppolo, the nice release. One thing that is interesting to me that he hasn't really improved on, I mentioned this, it might be because he hasn't had a lot of consistent football, but his pocket awareness is probably his biggest weakness. The guy just doesn't have any sort of, you know, idea of what's coming at him at any time. It's, it's a little bit scary. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. I did see, you know, luckily he was able to cover the ball up. But, I mean, there were a couple times where he, he absolutely was open to the strip sack. And there are guys in this league that, that go for the strip sack no matter what. So he's definitely going to have to shore that up. I agree with you. You know, I think we're kind of uh, spoiled in a way because we've seen Tom Brady all these years. And he has such incredible pocket presence. And he has the uncanny ability to just make that one little step up in the pocket and nobody can touch him and things like that. So I think in a way we're a little spoiled seeing all this all this years. And then, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo steps in there and, you know, has, like I said, a little bit of the, the jittery feet. And, you know, like, you know, you said, he doesn't really have the, the awareness to see guys coming from the blind side or to feel guys coming from behind him. And I do also think that has something to do with the offensive line. You know, I mean, yeah. they, weren't, they weren't exactly too impressive tonight either. I know there was three, three potential starters missing from the lineup, but, you know, they, they didn't do their end of the work as well. So that, that could have uh, contributed a little bit to Garoppolo's struggles there. So moving sides of the ball to defense, I think the, this defense, I've said this multiple times on the show, I think they're going to end up being one of the best in the NFL, if not the best in the AFC. Uh, Jamie, you mentioned Jamie Collins really showing up. One guy that I mentioned as one of my stars of the game and also someone that I believe is going to have probably one of the maybe one of the best seasons on the team is Trey Flowers. This guy looks primed and ready to go for a really, really nice first official NFL season. Oh, God. I'm, yeah, I'm hoping he stays healthy, man. He, look, he looks really good. He does. He looks like he's just a really powerful guy. He can make the moves. He has a couple different moves, a little bit of a counter move. Uh, with that, you know, inside-outside type move, you know, he can. He is a guy who you can put in the middle because I know they like to, you know, obviously Bill Belichick has, is experimenting with things. We saw Chris Long was moved into the inside a couple times, and they, they definitely try to shuffle their guys all over the defensive line. So he's another versatile guy like that who can, you know, maybe if you throw him a defensive tackle, you line him up over the guard one play, and then you line him up, you know, over the tackle the next play, He's a guy who can give you a couple of different looks. So I'm with you. I think he's gonna he's got to stay healthy. But um, I, I I like what I saw from him tonight for sure. Is there anyone else on the defensive line that stuck out to you, or do they all just seem like going through the motions a little bit? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I, I don't want to say anybody stuck out to me. I, I did like what I saw from Trey Flowers. I would say he's probably the guy who stuck out to me most. Uh, I'm on the same page with you there. But you know, Jabal Sheard played well. It looks I think he's gonna do fine in that number one pass rusher role because he is now the number one pass rusher on the team. Right. And uh I, I think he'll be fine in that role. I really do. And you know, Chris Long, I I think if he can stay healthy, he's a guy who's got I mean, obviously the guy's got talent. He was a second overall pick when he when he was drafted and you know, nine years ago. He is in his thirties now and that could have something to do with the, the injury troubles. Hopefully he can stay healthy. But I think he can be a guy who can do a little bit of that versatile stuff, go inside, outside. And then Shea McClellan, who has you know, seen a lot of reps now that Ninkovich has torn his tricep, he's a guy who I'm, I'm pretty excited about. I, I wasn't aware of his skill set when he was playing in Chicago. You didn't see much of him. But the fact that he could you know, play the linebacker spot and he could also come up on the defensive line, I think that's going to be another thing where, because you know Belichick loves running his sub packages, and, you know, if he can get guys out on the field who could do a little bit of everything, uh, that, that's what he's going to do. Now, one of the big camp battles going into this season is at cornerback because they, they have so much, you know, it's refreshing as a Patriots fan to have so much talent at cornerback after all these years of just crap, just all this bad football being played at that position. But now we have six and seven guys who are 
incredibly athletic with really good ball skills. We saw tonight with Jonathan Jones, the, the undrafted freeze from Auburn, play really well. We saw that LeVere kid make that really sick uh, interception with one hand. So just so much talent on that cornerback position. Who do you think is going to kind of break out of, uh, of that position and kind of take hold of their, uh, of their starting job? Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I, I, I wasn't expecting to see what I saw from Justin Coleman today. I mean, I thought he played pretty well tonight. And, I mean, last year we saw him, and he was a rookie, and he, he wasn't really on the same page with everybody. He got burned a lot. He's obviously he got the physical tools. He really set him back. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a physically gifted guy. He looks like he, you know, he's, a, he's a tall, long, strong cornerback, and that's definitely something that Bill Belichick wants to have on this team. So, if he, I mean, if he can play like he played tonight, if he can continue to build on this, then I think he could definitely find a spot on this team but I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm very, very, very excited about Cyrus Jones. I am very yeah. excited about him. I think he's going to be a instant in the, in the return game. I think he's going to be an instant playmaker in the return game. Um, you can tell that he wants to score every time he touches the football. That, um, you know, he was jumping all over the place in that, that punt return tonight. He didn't get anywhere, but you can tell that the, the determination is there. Uh, he's really fast. He, can, he swarms to the ball. Um, I really like what I saw from him tonight. I think that he's a guy who, you know, obviously he's, he's a rookie. He's got to get on the same page with everybody. He's got to be, you know, in his playbook every single day. And, you know, obviously, you know, we were talking about this in the post-game show as well. Wearing that number 24, I mean, that comes with expectations. There's no doubt about it. So <laughs> he's a guy who I definitely am very, very excited about going into this year. Yeah, it's like giving uh, someone the seven jersey on Real Madrid. It, it means something. You know, it, it absolutely does. It absolutely does. Yeah. But, um, you know, one of the things, though, that I think the Patriots fans are, are sick of seeing are injuries. I mean, last season, just so many injury problems that eventually caused them to not only lose uh, their number one spot in the playoffs, but also, arguably, it kind of lost them their season with just so many on t- injury on top of injury on top of injury, so much so it caused them to sign Steven Jackson. And, again, you know, here comes the injury bug. Ninkovich is out now. Malcolm Mitchell uh, seems like he's going to be out for a little while at least. Probably not too long. It seems to be just a dislocated elbow. I know I say just A, but he should be fine. But uh, is, is there anyone you see that's going to use these injuries to their advantage, maybe more on the wide receiver side? Well, just a quick update on Mitchell. I was kind of scouring Twitter while we were running through here, and it was, you know, uh, from everything we've seen, the, the x-rays are negative, the MRI is still to come, but we're, we're expecting probably four to five weeks that yeah. Mitchell will be out. He'll, he'll be back at the begin, early in the beginning of the season. But, I mean, yeah, you know, it, it definitely didn't help. Like I said earlier, it definitely didn't help. You had three potential starting offensive linemen that didn't play tonight. That's, you know, obviously the offensive line has been something that has been an issue. It was an issue all of last year. It was, it was the reason, one of the reasons, but I would, I would say personally the main reason why the Patriots lost to the Broncos in the AFC Championship game last year. You know, that's the spot on the, on the roster that needs to be shored up. And, you know, coming into the summer, you're thinking, okay, well, they made, they got rid of Chandler Jones. Okay, they made a trade and they got Jonathan Cooper, who was, you know, a former, you know, top first-round draft pick. He was a guy who, you know, had all the physical talent in the world, just had some injury problems. And what else is new? He got hurt. So... You know, that's an issue. And then, you know, you're thinking you're getting all these different guys who can, you can add some depth to the offensive line. And 
slowly, one by one, they're going down. I mean, Brian Stork, fourth concussion in four years. I mean, luckily he came back to practice, and uh, I believe he played a little bit tonight. But, you know, that's, that's absolutely an issue, the concussion thing. That's absolutely an issue going forward. Um, Sebastian Vollmer still hasn't, you know, really practiced too much, and he hasn't played. And, you know, all these different guys, you're going to end up depending on guys like Adrian Waddle and Marcus Cannon and, you know, rookie Joe Thune, who I will say looks like he's going to be our starting left guard this year. Yeah, I agree. Because, I mean, he is just, he is just, I mean, he's been in every single practice. He's been getting the first team reps. And, you know, we got the first team reps today with, uh, with the starting offensive line and stuff like that. So, I mean, he's a guy who, Talk about a, if he can hit, that's a hit on a third round pick that I did not see coming there. So, he's a full I mean, of a man. He is massive. He's a big and, dude. and you know what the thing is, is that I was really surprised because, you know, obviously you look at all these things when they get drafted and, you know, he played left tackle his entire senior year at NC State. I mean, and he, and he, he considers himself a guard. He's obviously playing left guard, but he, he's versatile. He's another, it, it all comes back to the versatility that Bill Belichick values so much. And, you know, he, he played left tackle his entire senior year and was an all-conference performer in the ACC at left tackle. So, I mean, I think this kid's got stardom written all over him if he, can, if he can, you know, keep it up. So he's a guy who, you know, hopefully we can, we can continue to, to build on here. But the, the offensive line is the spot on the roster that I'm really, really worried about, even more than running back. I mean, I, I like what I saw from Tyler Gaffney today yeah. I, I think that I think that he should get some more snaps Legarrette Blunt was not impressive 2.2 yards a carry today so I mean he's he's a guy who just looks like he can he can pound you a couple yards up the middle but I mean he, he can't really give you much and and you know James White I like I would like to see him run between the tackles more he's got to you know round out that side of his game and then obviously you're waiting for Deion Lewis to see how he is but I think offensive line is the most uh, the most troublesome spot on the roster right now. Yeah, I mean, it's I I agree with that one. I mean, I, I mentioned this before that Nate Solder in that first uh, that first series, you know, he he really did just look like a guy who hasn't played football in, in in about a year, and you know, just kind of thrown into the to the dogs there. It really just kind of show how rusty he was. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, obviously he had a, a a fairly devastating injury where it's not. I mean, it's not like he could he could you know do any sort of work while he was in the off season or anything. I mean, he had to fully rehab that injury, so I'm sure that set him back a decent amount. And you know, I'm not going to pretend like I was the hugest Nate Soldier fan before the injury. So you know, I I always felt like he was a little bit of an underachiever. I thought he had a great year coming into when he got hurt, but you know, he's a guy who, yes, we need to see much more out of him. Uh, I, I am chalking it up to Rust as of right now, as you, uh, you know, as are you. But, you know, a couple more weeks of this, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start asking questions again, for sure. Fair enough, fair enough. So one thing I didn't uh, go through in my podcast that I wanted to uh, wait to get your opinion on, you know, we saw Jacoby Brissett play a, a pretty hefty amount of snaps in his first ever uh, NFL game. What, what did you see from him? I, I, I was – you know, I, I he kind of gave me what I was expecting. You know, he showed some flashes. He ran a little, but he also showed his weaknesses. I, I thought it was just a very Jacoby Brissett-esque performance. But what do you think of him? 
Well, I mean, I think very similar to Malcolm Mitchell. He's a guy who looks like he belongs on a football field for sure. I mean, he's a physically gifted guy. He's he's a, a big guy. He's fast. He can, he looks like he can definitely move in and out of the pocket. And uh, he's got a rocket for an arm. I mean, he can throw that football. That's for sure. But um, I was, you know, I was kind of I was driving from one spot to another for a portion of the game, and I heard when while he was playing, and I heard um, Scott Zolak on the radio say that. Uh, that he reminded him of Rohan Davy, which which kind of made me a little nervous there. Um, you know, Rohan, he, he said it was kind of in the sense that you know Rohan Davy can sling the ball all over the field, but he couldn't throw a screen pass to save his life. And we actually kind of saw that Jacoby Brissett was missing on a couple uh, soft touch passes, um, chalked that up to you know adrenaline or whatever whatever you may want to chalk it up to. But um, hopefully he's not Rohan Davy in that sense where he is. Uh, not able to throw the quick screen pass or the quick slant pass or something like that. But he does look like he can throw the football. He does look like he, he absolutely looks like he needs more work in the, in the playbook and obviously in practice and things like that. But um, listen, Bill Belichick spent a third-round draft pick on this kid for a reason. Uh, Bill Parcells speaks highly of this kid for a reason. So uh, from what, you know, I was, I was happy with what I saw you know, based on what my expectations were. My expectations were honestly for him to, you know, play pretty poorly and, and be kind of like a deer in the headlights out there today. And, and he really wasn't for, from what I saw. Yeah, I agree with that one. I think, you know, he really did show me a lot of just what I saw on his tape at NC State, which is just, you know, a boatload of athleticism and a lot of physical potential. But just, you know, it's the, the technique that's not quite there yet. So, obviously, you know, in his first NFL game, that's what you're just expecting. But we'll, we'll definitely see how he uh, improves over the year. But uh, a couple more questions before we, uh, we let you go here. But, uh, you know, obviously, first preseason game, you can only give it so much credence as it deserves. But, you know, moving forward, what do you think the biggest thing the Patriots need to improve on after this game? Is? Well, I definitely think the offensive line play needs to get better. I think that uh, we need to get, you know, the, the, the bodies that are going to be playing on the offensive line during the regular season need to get into the lineup and they need to start gelling. Because, you know, I was, you know, watching some NFL Network earlier today and things like that. I'm trying to get, you know, gauge the, the thought process of all these different analysts and things like that. And, and one guy was saying, listen, you've you got to get an offensive line together who's going to actually play together. I mean, the best offensive lines play together for a couple of years and, and, and sure they're talented, but they've got to play together and they've got to gel and they've got to work as one unit. And, you know, there's been so many injuries over the past couple of years of this Patriots offensive line. There's been so many interchangeable pieces over the past couple of years um, that they really need to just find a, a continuous rotation of guys, a, a five man group that's going to be in there and that's going to play. Um, they need to get that settled. And I think, you know, like I said, I wasn't disappointed in Jimmy Garoppolo tonight, but I would like to see him uh, play a little bit better, um, you know, with the, the not, I guess, the decision-making part of it. I would like to see him not uh, throw balls across his body. I would like to not see him, you know, kind of scramble out of the pocket and, you know, dive headfirst for a first down, things like that. I'd like to not see stuff like that that's going to potentially get him hurt. I would like to see his pocket presence, like you mentioned. I would like to see that get a little bit better. Um and then, I, you know, I just really, going forward, I want to see the guys on the field. I want to see Edelman and Amendola and, and Chris Hogan and all these guys. I want to see them get on the field. I want to see them get reps. I want to see, I, honestly, I want to see some Tom Brady. I want to see a little bit of him, you know, maybe in the second preseason game. Um, 
I just want to see the guys out there. I want to see what we're working with because that, that, that's really what this preseason is for. It's for getting, knocking the rust off. It's for looking at what the Patriots have, what they're going to be coming with. Uh, obviously, there's going to be no Tom Brady, so we're going to need to see uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, how he works with all these different guys. Uh, we haven't really seen, you know, obviously, Rob Gronkowski. I don't think Rob Gronkowski is going to play in the preseason. And so how is his chemistry with Garoppolo going to be? Uh, the, the continuation of uh, Marcellus Bennett and Jimmy Garoppolo's relationship growing there. So, I mean, this, this is a lot of stuff that I'm looking for, and starting with this next preseason game. I, I want to see guys on the field. I, I, I totally agree. I, I definitely do. It's, it's, it's nice to actually get some football. Football's finally in the air. Training camp's one thing, but to see the guys in pads and the, the nice jerseys, it is really refreshing. The last question before we let you go, as the captain – of the Aaron Dobson hype train, what did you think of him tonight? He is—he is the perpetual tease. He is—I mean, he's six foot three, two hundred pounds. I mean, he's a fantastic physical specimen. He's the ultimate wide receiver that you would want, but he can't catch the football half the time. I mean, it's just—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. He's a guy who—he just leaves me shaking my head all the time. I look at him out there and I say, "You want to talk about looking like you belong on a football field?" I mean, this guy is, is it, you know, and, and, and if he could just hold on to the ball, man, uh, he, he could be a devastating part of this, this, this offensive attack. I mean, just think about guys like you have the, the, the quick shifty guys like Edelman and Amendola and Deion Lewis, but then you have all of these trees out there. You've got six foot three Aaron Dobson, six foot six uh, Rob Gronkowski, six foot seven Martellus Bennett. Six foot one, Chris, Chris Hogan. I mean, that could be a devastating matchup nightmare for any other team in, in the NFL. Um, I mean, the rest of those guys already are. If you add Aaron Dobson to that mix, it would just be unfair. So, I mean, he's the perpetual tease, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm really hoping he, he ends up turning it around. He was one of my first uh, – when I first started doing the NFL draft stuff, he was one of my first uh, – guys that fell in love with. I'll never forget that insane catch he made in the back of the end zone at Marshall, and I, I always wanted to pass the draft, and when he did, I was I was so pumped, but unfortunately he hasn't really lived up to expectations. But you, my friend, you need to get to sleep. So thanks for joining us. You know, I did a great job with the post-game show today, but uh, thanks for coming on today. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. I'm going to get some sleep now. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you, man. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Thanks again to Michael Longi for coming on Patriots Beat this week. I know he's uh, pretty tired with working with the past post-game show. He's had to stay up pretty late and do that interview with me. So thanks to him again. Gave some really good insight. Uh, next week, Doug Moore will be on to kind of discuss what he thinks is going to be going on with the second preseason game, as well as his observations from Patriots training camp. I will obviously be your host next week. We should have a really fun show, and hopefully the Patriots can stay away from the everlasting injury bug that has seemed to be stuck with this team. But that's it for for me. If you want to find CLNS on Twitter, find us at CLNS Radio. Leave us a subscription, a rating, and a review on iTunes and Stitcher. Today was presented to you by Blue Apron. Go to blueapron.com slash Celticsbeat to receive three free meals with free shipping on your first Blue Apron purchase. It's a great deal. Helps us further the network of the show. First off, I want to give a shout-out. Everyone who turned in listen this week. I want to thank our guest Mike Longy again, Pat's content manager. I want 
want to thank CLNS uh, executive producer Larry H. Russell and Nick Gelso, the founder of the network. I'm Harris Rubenstein. This is the Patriot Beat Podcast powered by CLNS Radio. We will see you guys next week, and go Patriots.